Hi, you're listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, where we bring you the rich life histories of the incredible men and women enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. Innovators, pioneers, entrepreneurs, geniuses. These are the individuals who not only shaped blues music, but paved the path for all forms of American music that followed. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is brought to you by the Blues Foundation. For more information about the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. We continue the series with the world's oldest teenager, Rufus Thomas. Rufus's professional career began at the age of six, taking small roles in theatrical productions on Bill Street. As a teenager, he starred in the vaudeville and minstrel show circuits that crisscrossed the South. Rufus Thomas contained multitudes, as they say. His talents and the contagious personality behind all those talents knew no bounds. He was a singer, a dancer, a comedian, a radio DJ, and what was truly incredible is that he excelled in all of those. From Bill Street to Sun Records to superstardom at Stacks, vaudeville, blues, rock and roll, soul, even funk, Rufus did it all. The Chevrolet pulled to the curb and stopped. It was a two-door 54, black, white rag, and white wall tires. It looked as long as a city block with sharp fins on the back. Grimes jumped out of his bedroom window at the sight of the Chevy and ran for it. The passenger door opened. Everybody was jammed in there. Mickey, Frog, Tally, and Floyd in back. Big Ella up front. The bass fiddle practically pushed the back seat into the trunk and rested on the dash between Big Ella and the driver. At the wheel was Rufus Thomas. Welcome to the Bearcats, Rufus announced. He threw the Chevy into gear and swerved into the street. Grimes had to squeeze beside Big Ella in the front seat. We got a young buck, she told the others. Y'all speak correctly. From the back seat, Mickey said, His lean so clean, you could stir cabbage with it. Rufus laughed so loud that the car shook. He slowed down, put his forehead on the wheel, and slapped the dash with his hand. Grimes forced a chuckle. Rufus drove from North Memphis down to Orange Mound. He pulled the big Chevy into the dirt lot behind the Brown Derby. The Bearcats unloaded and lugged their gear through the unlit yard, spotlighted in the high beams of other cars pulling in. They heard the meh from out of the darkness, and by the flickering light of the parking lot, they saw goats sprinkled all over the yard. Inside, guys rolled dice out of a leather horn straight onto the floor, but there was no time to get caught up in a game. Rufus set everyone up and took a moment with each instrument to show the musicians how to play his songs. Keep yourself in B-flat, Rufus yelled, fingering the keys on Floyd's saxophone and moving on. He picked up the drumsticks and flourished a beat for Grimes. What do you play, Rufus? The drummer asked. I can't play dead on any of them. Just give me a shuffle, Rufus said. That ended the rehearsal. The Bearcats shuffled into the first number. Big Ella took the mic. Rufus is a makeup artist, Big Ella said, half to the crowd, half to the band. He'll stand here and make up songs all night. You made me feel so mean. Big Ella told the audience, police arrested me for conjuring hoodoo. 
Rufus asked, yeah, what was the charge? She said, $500. As the band shuffled, a lady in a sleek black dress caught every eye in the joint as she performed the newest dance. She rocked her hips all the way down to the floor. Rufus followed everyone's eyes and channeled their thoughts. They didn't want her to stop. He owed them everything he could do to help. He sang. After the show, everyone packed back into Rufus's car, fitting in the seats around the bass fiddle. Gotta go to work, Rufus said. It's five o'clock in the morning, and my shift at the textile mill starts at six. Grimes asked, Rufus, why you do all this, man? Rufus said, because every time I think I got my ends to meet, somebody come up and move the ends. It's going to be the death of you, Big Ella told him. I'm going to survive, Rufus said, and I'm going to do something recognizable so when I pass off this land of the living, I will be remembered. And after struggling to remain awake for 57 and a half cents an hour, Rufus headed toward his next job, hosting the Sepia Swing Club on radio station WDIA. For Rufus, WDIA made strange connections. The station broke barriers in the outside world. Every DJ was black, every show aimed for a black audience. But the owners were all white, and the DJs weren't allowed behind the glass between the studio and the engineer. The contradiction came to a head, so to speak. The place had only one bathroom. Rufus opened the door and stared into it. Looked pretty much the same as the one in his house. He looked around. Nobody. He thought, I am part of this institution and I'm not going to go outside anymore. He walked in and slammed the door. And when he stepped back out, Rufus was standing face to face with a guy who was either IRS or FBI. Horn rim glasses, skinny black tie, starched white shirt. I'm Jim Stewart, the man said. We listen to you all the time down at the studio. Picking up his chin off the floor, Rufus calmly asked, what studio would that be? Satellite records, Jim said. Brand new. Fact, I brought you this. He handed Rufus a record and his business card. Maybe you could give it a spin? Rufus had the record on the air before Mr. G-Man got back in the car. Rufus watched Stewart flip on the radio. Stewart looked back towards Rufus, nodded his head one time, and smiled. I'm just a fool. From DIA, it was time to stop home for a quick bite, then take the Bearcats back out into the night. Though Rufus barely had time to think, much less go to the bathroom, a song had been bubbling in his mind. He thought about bantering with Big Ella on the stage like an old married couple. They always came together at the end, kissed and made up. In his living room, Rufus grabbed a cardboard sign that advertised his show at the Brown Derby. He turned it over and jotted down some verses out of his mind. It was a totally different twist on a duet, unlike anything else on the radio, fast-paced and driving, not sing-songy syrup. Rufus had just a few minutes before he needed to leave again for the next shift. He raced around the house and grabbed up his tape recorder. With no Big Ella around, he needed someone to fill in the female lead and called for his teenage daughter. Rufus put the tape recorder on top of the TV set. 
He and his daughter Carla stood in the living room in front of the TV, belting out this song like they were on stage. Rufus scattered out the instrumental breaks and soft-shoed in his sock feet while Carla sang. It was a ten-minute masterpiece, and he knew just who to show it to. He grabbed the tape and the business card and hit the door. The next afternoon, Jim Stewart called him at WDIA, and in no time, Rufus parked his 54 at the curb outside the Satellite Records studio. It was really an old movie theater. He walked in and looked up at the high, curving ceiling and down across the hard floor that slanted to where the screen used to be. The Bearcats were already there waiting. To their surprise, Rufus walked in with a new female vocalist, his 17-year-old daughter. Grimes smiled at Carla. Are you Big Ella? he asked. Big Ella can tear a house apart, Rufus said, but she don't come across on record. Rufus led the recording session like he directed his gigs. Rufus hummed the melody, clapped the time, and the musicians played it back for him until they got it right. One thing didn't translate from the Bearcats' live act, though. The shuffle. Grimes spoke up. I heard this New Orleans beat they called the heebie-jeebie. He demonstrated, like that song, Ooh Poop I Do. I love it, Rufus shouted. After two takes, Jim Stewart stepped out, holding out a record for Rufus. Maybe you can give it a spin, Jim smiled. Rufus kicked off the next sepia swing hour in grand ceremony. I've been telling you about the big record Carla and I recorded, and we do think it's big. Here it is. Cause I love you. A struggling little music company had its first big hit. It would soon change its name from Satellite to Stax Records. And Rufus Thomas soon worked his last shift at the textile mill. Thanks for listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org.